This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Well, I got it. Heaven! Damn it. I have a crush on every boy! I'm a virgin. Hillary Gump. You and I. This is so good. What is it Still, something was lacking. Miserable, alone. <laughs> Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. We're here to have Good Christian Fun. In the intro, we did put part of the intro, Bible Man, in which... You know, the premise of the show oh. is that a rich man is is unhappy in life. And the way that they illustrate it's it so is, sad. is him in the rain clutching his briefcase and screaming, ah! like for no, not brought on by anything in particular that I can tell. Like he's being burned alive. Yeah, like he's at the stake. And uh, <laughs> gracious, what an opportunity. A little preview for the subject matter today. Good Christian fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music, and the movies and the entertainment who made us who we are. But they're about Christians, they're for Christians, they're by Christians, but they're not about by Christians, right? Now that is an important distinction. Usually what we cover on the show is not about by Christians. We're open to it, you know, but uh, most of CCM is not genderqueer nature. Uh, I guess uh, similar is. Um. There is a buy in Bible, but that's coincidental and that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> what if what it's if, also a bib, you know, and the Bible isn't for babies. So it's like, what are we talking about? Now and there's a lot of Caroline, there's a lot of directions for us to go here. Bib man. That's Lots. just like a guy who bib saves man. babies. Buy man. That's who make a uh, guy who brings people out of, into their like, yeah, sexuality, their full sexuality. Retail therapy. Yes. Uh, but listen, we're not here to make fun of you. We're not here to make you go to church. We're just here to have good Christian fun. That's all we're here to do. I promise. It's That's right. Everything's going to be okay. The topic for today, we're revisiting the, the well. Heat. We have not. Caroline, do you remember when we first did this? It was five GD years ago. It was so long um, ago. Yeah. Yeah. When Well, we'll talk about this, but when I saw the intro, I was like, yeah, I've, I like... It's, it's like a fever dream that came back, but um, it's in who there. was our guest for that episode? That was Miss Madeline Walter, uh, who's so terrific, That's right. who went on to be a writer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and other various shows like that. Uh, so terrific. But you know, that was us. That was in the halcyon early days of GCF, figuring it out. That Caroline, right. that's when your Twitter handle was different. Uh, <laughs> that was we were more, we were kinder, you know. Um, like Alan, yeah, we, had we more were a little time. bit kinder. Mm -hmm. We were kinder, and it, it'll be interesting as sort of, a, you know, a, as a piece of continuity. Who were we then versus who we are now? Covering roughly the same material, an episode called 
uh, episode. Don't worry, it's on the tip of my tongue. It is called Battling the Gossip Queen. Silencing the Gossip Queen. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, what I'm trying to do every week on this podcast with Caroline, okay? Hey! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm more of a gossip queen than you are, I think, in some ways. Yeah, I think so. I literally start text interactions with people I haven't talked to in a while just saying, do you have gossip for me? And if yeah, they I don't... Yeah, I like I come to you for that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you which person I you shouldn't work with. I got going on. Uh, but I'll tell you a person you should work with. And Aww. it's our very, hey, listen, it's our very next guest. Friends and folks, you may know him from his podcast, We Got This. He is an actor and comedian. Everybody give it the hell up for Hal Lovely! Hey, everybody. Hal. It's so great to be here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Putting the hell in hallelujah. I immediately want to launch into testimony. (laughs) Yeah. Brother, go right ahead. Please. I was also in a mud puddle in front of headlights. Give us the good word on that mud puddle. Yeah. There was (laughs) a Bible in there, and now I wear a suit everywhere. I was also rich and sad at one point in my life. Cursing the skies (laughs) and the rain. Uh, Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like to say how puts the hal and hallelujah but really i think he puts the hal and hallelujah uh if we're being honest <laughs> that's, that's right <laughs> right yeah we why do haven't hallelujah. we done a yeah. medea movie kevin what's wrong <laughs> why, with that picture well i don't know caroline maybe we should look in the mirror and say are we qualified to do a medea movie <laughs> that's never stopped us before <laughs> i know i know <laughs> we yes and the answer is we should Lauren, uh, Lauren Lapkus, our friend Lauren, who does that podcast, Newcomers, in which they cover different franchises. They did Marvel, they did Star Wars, Fast and Furious at one point, and they did do Tyler Perry movies. And they said that's the only one where they're like, we want to go back to that one. We don't enjoy any of these other ones that worked. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we would see, do. See, I don't think I've ever watched a full movie all the way through. So have, maybe the time is right. Hal, Hal, have you seen a Medea movie? Hallelujah. Have you seen a Medea movie? <laughs> It's hallelujah here. You know, I don't know if I have. My wife has and loves them. And I feel like that's a, that's just sort of a blind spot. Like, maybe I should sit and watch those instead of All right. watching Bible Man. Well, careful. You might get maybe. booked on that episode oh. for, for your name and for your uh, lack of inter- viewership. Well, hallelujah to that. Yeah. And also Amen. with you. I think I think this should become a bit of a greeting and, and sign up for us, Caroline, if we can appropriate <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah to you. And we do want to throw that word appropriation around when talking about Tyler Perry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not loaded at all. Hal, thank you so much for doing the show today, bud. What a fun time. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very okay. excited about this. Now... You did tease maybe in conversations leading up to this that potentially you would watch the materials today and convert to Christianity. Now, I, I do want to cut to the chase and say, did mm-hmm. that happen? It did. <gasps> I'm completely converted now. Pop the I, you Martinelli's, know, y'all. Whoa! We will see you in heaven. <laughs> it's. I just, I feel like for 45 years I've avoided true salvation and giving my life over to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'd watch Bible Man before, but I think I was one episode short. And now (laughs) I'm completely, I was like, oh, this makes sense. And you used a Jewish stereotype 
to tell me it's bad to gossip. So now I can renounce my Judaism and just open my arms for the Lord's loving embrace. You know, it's sad how many years you wasted on Judaism. I can't um, famously, believe it. A, a, yeah, just not a, not a really good religion. Not a lot of people do it. Yeah, it's not um, very popular. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. uh, yeah, but God was planting seeds, obviously, and this this is the episode that finally the 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 vine bloomed. You know, things are growing. So I'm so happy you're part of the family now. Welcome. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd like to think everyone who's not in the in the faith and the church family is in fact just one Bible man episode short of becoming so. And I think Hal is a literal testimony to that. Uh but before well, that's that, why we, we do this podcast. That 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 is literally why we do it. I think we've deconverted people with this podcast for <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Including ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. We have definitely had guests fairies. on definitely. that say, I don't believe in God anymore. I'm embarrassed by what I said on your podcast. <laughs> Oopsie. So that, that's a possibility as well. <clears throat> but Hal, we would love to for real know about your experience with religion, how you grew up with it, what it meant to you, being Jewish yourself, and, and all of how that interacted in your life. Yeah, I mean, I... I I wasn't raised observant. We went on the high holy holidays mm-hmm. and really that was more my parents wanting to expose me to it. So at least I would have an understanding of where it came from. So to me, Judaism's always been a lot more cultural than it's been spiritual. Although I did go through a period of time after my bar mitzvah where I was like, I really want to connect with religion. I went to Israel on a teen tour. Oh and gosh. is it a birthright like, trip? No, it wasn't birthright. It was oh, okay. it was through What's a teen tour. It was um oh my gosh, what, a Masada I think was the name of the of the youth group. It wasn't oh, birthright okay. though. Um and that was just a really profound sort of experience. I, my parents met us there at some point, so I sat with them and or we went to the Western Wall. The Wailing Wall is actually uh, a uh, that's a bad name for it because it's people experience intense emotions there and they, they're moved to tears and I was moved to tears there. Mm. Just the idea of being around this, I'd never connected with Judaism in that way before. I actually wrote an essay about it that got published in the Jewish Exponent in Philadelphia. Oh my gosh. That's, I think of anything I could do my entire life, my father will never be prouder of anything than that. <laughs> it's your legacy forever. Yeah. What was it that was inspiring you to connect deeper with the spiritual side of Judaism at that moment? And, and what were you, what do you think you were looking for? Like in hindsight, I think there's a sense of responsibility of like, all right, th- I'm 13 years old and I'm a man now and I've had this big ceremony. So what does it mean to be Jewish? And let's take the next step and do confirmation classes, which I dropped out of because I was bullied by other by other Jewish kids. So no. I was like, this is not for me. For what? <laughs> Just for being Don't ask a, it for what? For being a pudgy. <laughs> what were the names a, they called you? Pudgy, Be specific. <laughs> I don't even remember. I, hallelujah, mostly is what they called me. Okay, like, hallelujah. Hallelujah to you. Yeah. That's like our, I own it it's our safe word for getting out of an uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Release. No, that's so mean. And you were there to like learn and like engage with everything. And they just, oh, that sucks. Yeah, it felt like the right thing to do. I also think when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, and even beyond that, you're trying to figure out who you are. So having something you can tie into is like, oh, I, well, I know I'm Jewish. My mother's Jewish. My father's Jewish. I've just become a bar mitzvah. Now I'm going to take the next step and see what that's like. And, and ultimately, I lost interest in that. But I never stopped 
identifying is like it's very important to me that I'm Jewish. That's like mm-hmm. an important part of my identity to me. But I went to a Quaker school from second grade until I graduated. Oh my like god! Almost all the way through. So there was a time in high school where I was like, I'm going to become Quaker because Whoa. that's that's more philosophical. Like you can be Jewish and still a, be a member of a Quaker meeting and go to meeting for worship, which we did every week uh, that I was in school. Oh, we would go and gosh. sit silently for an hour. Was it a big school? Was it like, because I feel like that only works if you have like a small amount of children in a room. <laughs> it, yeah, it has to be small. It's like the entirety of, of sixth through eighth grade is there. And it's okay. like, it's maybe 100 kids. My graduating oh. class was 39. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, so, my my impression of, of Quaker services, I almost said ceremonies, mm-hmm. but Quaker services is that it's... No decentralized conversation everyone's in a circle and there's not necessarily a leader or a preacher everyone just kind of stands up and talks when they want to is it 100%. that way for school as well where it's just children stand up whenever they want and oh talk? yeah and teachers like like whoever like you sit that's exactly it you sit we were more like a box but it was we were all facing one another mm-hmm. and you would sit in silence just reflecting and if the spirit moves you then you stand up and speak and you know, kids would do that once in a while, and and, and the, when it gets the strongest is senior year. So you have every every member of the class at some point gets up and is like, you know, I was writing my college admission essay, and um, I just realized how much I'm going to miss everyone, and this is a moment in life that we can't get back, and uh, I just treasure all the friends and memories, and they sit down, and the next person gets up. You know, I was writing my college admission essay, and um, <laughs> so it, it <laughs> I think people wanted to... You you want to stand up and have something profound to say, and there are plenty of times where there was a swing and a miss. I bet. And also, like nobody, like you're not going to clap even if it's good. You have to be quiet. You just sort <laughs> right? of like so. It's just you deciding. Like I don't think that went over well. The silence <laughs> was not fun. It was mean silence. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. well, Caroline, we we went through a low version of this. I think sometimes in Bible study, when someone would make a point, there was like an expectation of snaps afterwards. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, really? Wait, like, literally snaps? Yeah. yeah. Do you not remember this? People would snap after like dropping a little bomb. Like oh, you'd yeah. go off and do your own discussion, and then come back. I about that. And then people would say, "Well, I think the Lord is ba 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 dee dee dee." And then if it was profound enough, people would go like this. Did I, <laughs> I make this up? <laughs> I can't remember if that was like. I feel like. Yeah, but I don't remember. I feel like the 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 murmur of agreement was was like what more mm. of what I remember. But yeah, but there is definitely like yeah. the someone wants to fill the silence. Well, I would imagine how that like at a lot of these meetings there would be um, a couple star players who often want to get up oh, and yeah, speak baby. like pretty consistently. Was that you, Hal? <laughs> Quiet meetings? No, it wasn't me at all. No, I was like if at my best I was like middle of the pack in terms of like where I sat <laughs> yeah, socially. Just that was like. Probably as high as I got, but there yeah. were definitely, you know, the cool thing about Quakers is that they're pretty much old money liberals. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, like, so our school's very, like, socially conscious and advocating for activism. So there were kids there that were kind of, that kind of stood out in that way. They were calling out injustices that they saw in the world. Wow. And there was plenty going on in the, in the 80s into the into the early to mid 90s to talk about so people would get up and they would recite a poem or they would have a personal i remember one kid came out like at meeting wow. for worship and and to speak of the of of the the sort of culture around the school everyone was like okay cool like there was no mm. that's just sort of we 
super accepting of that. Like we had like a gay couple that ran the school. So we were mm. uh, like very, for- like oddly half really sheltered, but also half exposed to, to a way of thought and acceptance that you don't realize is rare until you go somewhere else until you go to like college and see like, Oh, this is not how everybody else was raised. Wow. Sure. Where was this geographically? That's lovely. It was in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Oh, Abington okay. Friends School, which is, I guess, right. for the township. So was it frowned upon to like ever have something prepared you wanted to say in the meeting? Because you're like supposed <laughs> like to be cheating. Moved. Is that cheating? Yeah. Well, I'm like, <laughs> if you brought a poem, doesn't that say like I was not moved? I decided I was going to do this. You know? <laughs> I mean, there had to be a lot of pre-planned, but nobody was ever like, stop, stop right there. I see the crib sheet. We want you. That's enough. You're out of here. No other light for you. You're gone. I was a Quaker. I would have totally rehearsed every time, at least mentally. Um, Well, then you said that you got really into it at some point and you were like, I'm going to be a Quaker. Yeah. What happened there? I just loved the vibe of it. Just the Mm -hmm. idea of like, oh, this is a really, this seems like a really cool group of people. And... This is a good. It's again. It's like searching for identity. I th- this is, this embodies things that I either wish I was or feel like I am, and maybe people don't notice. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that. And then I talked to my parents, who were very very supportive parents, but even they were like, "Are you sure? Is that what you oh. like that? I don't think that that's the best." And this is from like a mother who was trying to get me to pierce my ears when I was 13. She's like, "You have great earlobes. Yeah. Let's just go to the mall." Your mom rocks. It's a shame to leave those earlobes plain. Yeah. And yet I kept them clean. I was like, no, mother, I'm rebelling. Get me a button down shirt immediately. I'm going to be a Quaker. Yeah. I need corduroy. (laughs) Well, and so in talking to your mom, that was what kind of like changed your mind. Like, oh, yeah, maybe this is just like a thing I'm trying on. Yes, I think they helped me realize that. Mm. You know what? You know, at that age, every decision you make is the most thought out thing in the world until somebody points out that you haven't really thought about it at all. You've just thought about <laughs> like, this is how it makes me feel. I don't. I didn't think at all about what it meant in the larger sense, and I'm I'm glad I didn't. Like, I'm grateful to to have spent time in the Quaker community, but like, I I as I learn more about who I am, I'm more and more glad that I didn't make decisions like that at a time when it was more either like desperation or yearning than really like, oh, this will solve something. This will make me feel X, Y, Z. But it doesn't. Mm. never does. Totally. Oh, I was going to ask, what did what did fill it, if anything at all? Like if there was Quakerism or, or like a little participation in what was kind of like the nest in the string, next in the string of things that might have been fulfilling for you. I mean, really, the the thing that has fulfilled me the most is performing. That's the only thing that's really like felt that I connected with, probably at the age of twelve, and then knew just like that that electric feeling. That's something I've continued to chase and enjoy, and then chase and enjoy, and I'll do that for the rest of my life. So that's hey. that's part of it. And the other part is like going through therapy and learning about how you relate to the world and how you relate to the things that either did a little damage or, you know, like trauma that you went through that you haven't really processed yet. So until you process that and really learn how you not only relate to those things, but just relate to the world in general and like, what does imposter syndrome mean? And what does it feel like? It's a horrible feeling to go through life and, and 
constantly feel like you like you are the least liked of all of your friends. And, and that comes from nothing but what's inside and being the little kid who got picked on that never like you have to go. You kind of have to go back and go through all those things. And and to me, religion, you know, the more I. The, the older I've gotten, the less the less trust I have in organized religion, but the more respect I have for spirituality. And I 100 percent separate them because because what it means to be spiritual and to have a connection to a higher power and what that means to you is way different than, you know, if you don't eat pork, you're fine because people didn't do it a long time ago. And the real source of that is probably more sanitary than than anything that you would read in in the Torah or, or the Bible or anything like that. So really uncovering that and and is that's been kind of that's been kind of a big journey that I've gone on and generated a lot of mistrust <clears throat> in organized religion, but also an obsession with the media that's created around it to to bring people in or get money from people to take advantage of people's need for some sort of spiritual fulfillment or or some sort of belonging. Yeah, or um something sanctioned, you know, that mm-hmm. like it's I I think the more I like we consume this Christian media, the more it is like the it's like the kosher food of Christianity. You know, it's like this is officially <laughs> sanctioned by the church. It's all good. You can you can enjoy this like with a clear conscience because the content is not only safe, but you're supporting fellow Christians. So like the whole cycle is a safe space for you to engage with and you don't have to worry about any of the messier questions that you do of anything coming out of Hollywood or whatever. Wow, how have we not hit upon that metaphor before that Christian media know. is the kosher food of evangelical <laughs> media diets? Like that is that is very good, Caroline. No, but that's true. It yeah. it, it is sanctioned and, and safe in that way, even if it feels Maybe arbitrary in the way that for some people kosher food does. Yeah, or or how you pray. You know, the more observant, it's it's. I, I assume similar in every religion that mm-hmm. there there are certainly levels of observation. The more observant you are, the more ritual there is around it. But also, I've seen, you know, I've seen prayer f- from extremely religious Jewish people where they're just sort of like you're just going through it. It's the it's the ritual of doing it that's important, not mm. to speak in tongues or have this huge moment that moves you. It's that you do this because this is what it means to be a good person. Mm-hmm. This is this is part of what you have to do. And that's fascinating to me, but also feels so, so foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, and in any like, uh, it, like going, I hadn't spent a lot of time in churches as a kid. And maybe part of it was that I went to a, a Catholic, I went to like a crab soccer thing that one of my friends invited me to. What's crab and soccer? It's like crab soccer where you're down, you're on your, <laughs> you're sort of tabled in reverse. So your belly's up to the sky. Oh, okay. you're on your, and then That's you're fun. going around and kicking the ball, but like a crab, you're on you're on all fours. I literally thought it was like you know crab soccer, Catholic retreat adventures and boys <laughs> Bible <right>? time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. But I, so I went to this thing, and one of the kids there called me a kike, and I got in a fist fight with him Whoa. outside. It's like one of like three fist fights I've ever been in in my life. Good and for you. It just felt like you know I hadn't told my father until. Maybe earlier this year, and I told him the same thing. He was like, "Good boy." Like, yeah. I just uh, that was my that was my connection to the Catholic Church at that time. It was like, if I go wow. there, I'm going to be judged because I'm Jewish from someone who mm-hmm. knows nothing about what that means. And it and it 
you know, when you're Jewish and you grow up around other Jewish people, just like when you're Christian, you grow up around other Christian people, you assume everybody else, like you, if you're not exposed to a lot of people outside of your immediate community, then it's easy to like, oh, well, everybody knows about this, right? Like they know what it means to be Jewish. And, you know, I was in Philadelphia. It wasn't like we were hidden or anything. I, and again, we weren't super religious, but I'm always blown away when I meet people who are like, oh, I've never met a Jewish person before. Like, but there are, there are still a lot of us, right? Like they didn't, they didn't get all of us in the forties. Like there's still a bunch <laughs> left and we've had Kinda kids. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like it just, uh, it's wow hard to, hard to grasp. And then just have to sort of figure like, oh, I like, this is an opportunity I have to maybe help explain it a little bit. Or if you have questions or if there's a misconception you have, I can sort of set you straight a little bit. As a brand ambassador, bizarre. essentially, for the Yeah, I'm the, <laughs> for the I, look, I'm trying to get a contract. I haven't gotten anything yeah. yet. I have that article from the Jewish Exponent. Nobody's reading That's it anymore. That's a good start. You know, we can build on mm-hmm. that, Hal. Should have Sorry, passed it's that not out 1993 anymore. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> crab soccer fighting. That's such an interesting idea, like feeling the burden of representation, even in that sense. Do you feel that at all even now, or was that just like a past thing? Um, it, No, it's interesting you say that burden of, I guess I've never thought about it that way. I guess there are still situations where that's the case of like, oh, this is whatever I am to them because they know I'm Jewish is what is maybe at least the start of what Jewish people are like. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what that means for them because I'm not. You're not walking around going like, so how much do you have in the bank? Uh, do you like to, uh, you know, I'm not doing like, you're not fulfilling. Like you had, you want me to change the weather? Like I'm not doing any of those things. How about that Seinfeld last night? You know, <laughs> that's the only show we're allowed to watch. Isn't it's he kind funny? of our thing. Let's um, get Chinese food. It's Christmas. Well, that I also understand even like, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be distrustful of organized religion, but mm. f- for like your first kind of big major interaction with the Catholic Church, like for that to maybe be the first time you had heard, I don't know if that was the first time, but like for you to hear, be the first time to hear that slur thrown at you too, it's like, mm-hmm. oh wow, okay, so this is your guys' deal, you know, and like your children know this, you know, so like what does that say? Right, yeah, where are you learning it from? Right. It's not like this kid plucked the word out of thin air. Right. It came <laughs> yeah. from hearing it or being aware of it and it's... Yeah, Something that wasn't corrected, but also like now, I, I mean, I'm sure we've all had things that we would have thrown thrown out as children that are like not you don't realize the hurt that you're causing, right? But also like, kike's a pretty big one. That's a pretty big one. It's a big one. Like there are there are also words that we all agreed on a long time ago we shouldn't be saying, and that's certainly on yeah. that list. So. Yeah. It's just like you can't say, well, it was the it was the eighties. It's fine. Right. Like No, they knew. They knew better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You said that you have more of a understanding of spirituality than religion now. Do you feel like you have any spirituality in your life in any way? Even if it's the most nominal, the smallest, a very personal expression, anything that connects to something divine or outside of yourself. I think that I'm more I, personally from just sort of like, I don't, I don't know and I can't explain it. So I don't want to rule anything out. And I want to, I, I it's, there's certainly comfort in thinking there's that there's a higher power out there in some form who is, who is helping and guiding us. But at the same time, it's, 
you know, we use it to explain everything. That, the, the purpose of religion is to explain what we can't explain. We don't know why the sun comes up and goes down every day. So it must be a guy pulling a fiery chariot. That must mm-hmm. be what it is. Um, there must be some somebody controlling the tides from the sea. Like that's all. We're all just trying to explain the things that we we don't have a grasp of. So as we learn more and progress, there's this sort of dance that we have to do to explain. Well, I I I, I remember. Uh, uh, well, how do we explain what gravity is, even though it's discovered? And I remember the the Goliath and David where they talk about God's law of gravity. They're like, oh well, God. Who do you think created all that? Was God. But it's just it feels very it feels like a very small view given because it, it almost assumes that we're the only we're the only planet with intelligent life we're the only species like us anywhere in this universe. Mm-hmm. Right. So Th- this this I, is it, so um, similar in a way. It's reminding me of some of the conversations we've been having recently, even with our guests last week, where it's like essentially the idea is that God is too small. Whatever it is that you're naming to put into the God mm-hmm. box is like, all right, and that's what it is, and no more questions. And he looks like honor. a man, and he's got legs, and yeah. a big old thingling, and yeah. you know, all that at stuff. A, at, a, at a cane, yeah, a staff. Yeah. <laughs> so Very he can do little yeah, dances from Fred Astaire movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big Fred Astaire fan. He loves musicals. Way too long to have him born. Yeah. <laughs> big musical guy, loves soccer. Big Busby Berkeley fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there. It's it's weird because I have certainly a family who are a lot more religious and spiritual than I am, and I don't look at them and go like, "You're so wrong." It's so mm-hmm. ridiculous to think that because there's room for for all of that. And I think one thing that religion did that that is positive that I where I understand it is like, let's codify a code of behavior. Let's try to define what it means to be a good person and what it means to be a bad person because society is going crazy. People are going nuts. So let's establish let's establish this and we have to put some authority behind it. So I I get that as even a creation for it. And I think it's good to have a code through which to live your life. I think it's I, I just where it goes wrong like religion is a concept. There's nothing wrong with it. It's people who mess it up. Just like any any socioeconomic system you can think of, something wrong. It's not bad in and of itself, generally. But when people get involved, they get greedy or they try to dominate one another or do do whatever whatever you can imagine, and that messes it up. And it and it like people ruin everything. We ruin everything. <laughs> we make it and then we ruin it. We make it and then and then we ruin it. Individual <laughs> people, great. Groups of people, scary and. And not always making the best decisions. So right. it all just, it feels weird to sit here and go like, ah, oh, religions, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just, it fascinates me. And it's scary. It's the things that can be wonderful about it. You know, I've gone to, I, I married a woman who's Presbyterian. And she grew up going to church. And so when we would go back to her hometown, we would go to to the candlelight ceremony and I would go play guitar. And like I, the people there are really, really nice, kind, wonderful people. Her, her uh, reverend that she grew up with did our ceremony because he had been a chaplain who was trained under a rabbi. So he's like, I'll do interfaith. That's not a problem. Wow. And then we had, we found a rabbi who did interfaith and they did it together. That's and so it was cool. way harder. It's way harder to find a rabbi who will do interfaith than it is to find uh, someone of, of almost any other denomination because really? we're very protective about like you have to like there aren't that many of us we have to stay you have to 
do things to grow the Jewish community, marry Jewish uh, woman, have Jewish children. Like that's really important, especially in the last 80 years. So to find someone who would do, we had to go on a website to like, here's a list of all the rabbis. <laughs> so and then we just picked one and talked to him on the phone and, and that was it. And go on Rabbi Yelp, find the one. We went on Rabbi Yelp. Right. <laughs> How many yarmulkes did, did he get? There should be Enough. a Rabbi Yelp. Is there any relevance at all with that anymore in your marriage? Or is it pretty um, under rug swept as far as like the inner faithness of it all? Or is it just having to do with like her extended family stuff? No, I mean, it's every everybody was really everybody's been really welcoming and wanting to to be involved and understand it. Especially my wife, who was like, here are all of the all the parts of Judaism that we have to have in the ceremony that I think are important that I want to mm. do. Like she was more on top of that even than I was, but she's also like very caring, very considerate person. And so it's, it's finding ways to celebrate both. Like I'll still go to services with her. She wants to once in a while. Like we've, we've been a few times like me, like neither of us are regularly, regularly attending any services, but I like that that's important to her. So I like to go and support her. That feels good. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting to watch how those communities function. Like mm-hmm. there's a whole, the youth pastor comes and talks to the, talks to the children and then takes the children to Sunday school. So they go early mm-hmm. Then the parents finish and all the community, like doing the prayers for like, Oh, we have all the prayers. It uh, looks like uh, Jimmy and Lauren, their cat is six. We're going to uh, say a prayer for that. Like that stuff is, it's fascinating to to see how the community supports one another. Like mm-hmm. I like I like seeing that. That feels good. Yeah, the run of show. Yeah, totally is, uh, impeccable. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> the run of show, and just like the mundane, like active maintenance and taking care of each other and checking in and whatever, and and not like broadening beyond that too far and getting into the weird you know political stuff that churches do sometimes when it's like the function of this is really just to care for your community so when you do that you're probably not going to really go wrong that's the one thing i do miss i think about being involved regularly probably in a religious context is just the very nice idea that then all of us have to create in our own little pockets of the world of there is a regular thing in which you have to at least go through the motions of caring about people. <laughs> like there is going to be an event. Uh, the the primary purpose of it is to, you know, show benefit to, gratitude to, etc. And and it's a container for that. Whereas mm-hmm. in day-to-day life, you have to kind of carve out the space for that. And it feels a little odd. The idea that there is literal service to the idea of service, I still enjoy, you know, and, and I'll go very occasionally now, it feels like. But but it is nice because it just doesn't, outside of Al-Anon, honestly, like AA meetings and, and things of that nature, mm-hmm. there's nothing where the explicit purpose like there's events or like oh we we do a movie night then or i always get together for bar trivia with my friends and there's like there's care like associated with that that's like a natural overflow but it's not the explicit purpose of it and i think that's nice when there is like a more explicit purpose to that sort of thing yeah it's it's funny you bring that up because i remember going you know my mother my mother went into rehab when i was six or seven it's so my first year at the Quaker school. 
Mm. And so she went away. And then when she was done, she would go to meetings all the time. And I would go with her. So I grew up going to meetings and seeing that sort of, you know, an AA is very much, uh, it has a, it has a Christian bent to it, even though it's, it's not explicit. You know, they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about God Mm -hmm. and, and surrendering to a higher power and all that. But it is a very much like that. That is a community where they have to sort of hold on to each other to start with, because that becomes your support. You have to sort of relinquish your old support system if it if it was no good for you, and find support in these people. So they, for a time, like those were all the friends who would hang out with people from meetings and go to go to parties and 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 do that kind of stuff. So in that way, it's very similar. It has the similar feeling to a church or a synagogue or a religious community where they're they're all gathering around this belief. They they've seen the benefit it has for them, and they're trying to commit to a way of life through sort of a regimented. You know, if you're not feeling, if you're having a moment of weakness, you go to a meeting or you call your sponsor. Like those are the things that you have to do. There's there's steps that you have to take in order to keep yourself on the right path. So it, it mm. is very similar in that way. Just think mm. I hadn't even thought about it until you, until you brought it up. Yeah. yeah that's the kind of mind blowing insight like, so you can get affirm. on this show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Caroline. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I just, yeah, just underlining. That's just great. And I think, yeah, like reaffirming to each other all the time, like what your values are. It's like, it's not something I think we do as friends all the time of like, hey, by the way, at this hot tub party, like we agree, you know, that like being generous is important, right? <laughs> it's like, we don't talk about that necessarily, but yeah, like Al-Anon and um, church and I don't know, maybe other things like maybe being in, in like a, a local union feels like that or other activism, other kind of collective action things, but yeah. it is a really special thing that you have to really seek out to find in life. It doesn't really happen naturally these days. I agree with you to a degree, Caroline. I will say at my hot tub parties, generosity is sort of a prerequisite if you're going to get it's in. It's a hot okay? topic. <laughs> I'm actually going to come to your hot tub party and I'm going to lay out like a jellyfish across the whole thing. Because it's a perfect. hot tub party. I'm going to go opposite. As but, long as you're cool with the, the tub prayer, that's fine. That's cool with us. Of course. <laughs> of course. Let's all hold hands and speak of the bubbles. I, you, you do bring it like there is, I think there is something to especially as we get older and we're out of college or even when we're away from home for the first time that we do try to, you don't have to sort of sort of state your shared values because you're constantly looking for people who share Mm -hmm. them. And those are the people who you're, who become your chosen family, your friends, the people you stay in contact with and, and might be the reason why you cut off contact with people because you realize they don't share those values. But those are things learned from going to school, from having some, some sort of religious or cultural or community-based upbringing is like, mm-hmm. this is how you gather with people. And you have to figure out yourself what it is you're looking for. And you could wind up with best friends for life, or you could wind up uh, in the Capitol on January 6th. It all depends <laughs> on how you're building that community around yourself, right? Like, yeah. all, those people all felt something in common with one another, and now they're all going to hopefully go to jail and have that in common. But, you know, there's some of the, the best friends I've ever made, and I have no regrets <laughs> for that personally. And, like, we, we all still talk about it. Like, it's fun to just look at the pics and everything. Community is community, <laughs> no matter where you find it. 
Oh, gracious. That's corrective. On, on that note of BFF versus the January 6th binary. <laughs> Uh, Hal, thank you so much for sharing your story and thank your you, life. Thank you, Hal. Fascinating. Oh, thank you for talking about it with me. Of course. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. All right. Now, Hal, you said... Sorry. It's the but... shortest musical sting ever. I love it. We try to keep Come it on, one second go. or less. We we don't we don't want to waste our guest's time. It's a valuable you know, uh, irretrievable commodity. I don't have the attention span for it. That's it's right. like a DJ who's already hit the post but then comes back cuz cuz they forgot something like also want to let you know the park this weekend we're going to head it out frisbees and then just goes right back into. Y'all ready? Let's go. Actually, if it's the owner of a yellow Subaru in the parking lot could go, go out there, your lights are on and there is a dog in there, but he seems to be having a good time. Uh, you talked before about how you were fascinated by some of the Christian media, and it sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, based on some conversation, that you have had some exposure, at least to Christian pop culture, in the way of a few properties, including Bible Man, but also Davy and Goliath. How did you get into those things? For what reason? Because we have to do this podcast. So why would you have to <laughs> watch this? I'm gonna actually rewind it a little bit further than that. Yeah. When I when I was a kid, for for Passover, we'd go over to our friends Arlene and Artie's house, and 
And as a young kid, when all the adults were talking, I got to go down to the basement, which is where Artie's office was, and he had a big TV there, and they had cable, which we did not have at that time. Or they had a different cable. And one of the channels they had was called Genesis Storytime. I don't know if you're aware of Genesis Storytime. It is based Hmm. in Canada. And they were like using a Commodore 64 to animate Bible stories. Okay. So it was there was no music, no sound. You would just see this picture, this sort of 8-bit picture draw out. And it would be part of the story of Noah. And there would be wow. some text. And then it would move on to the next. And you would see the story of, of Noah and the art. Yes, there it is. We're looking oh, my at goodness. A Genesis Storytime when, on YouTube right now. <laughs> it's very crude. When you put that on, that is, it was like catnip to me. I was just blown away by it and just sort of sitting and watching, not really even thinking about, like, I was aware that they were biblical stories, Mm -hmm. but I just was, uh, there's something about them that was mesmerizing. Sure. It's really the technology for you. mm Mm-hmm. That was the thing. It was like Tron and then this. Okay. Were the two greatest advances in 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 digital media at that time but when i got a a a tivo for the first time in like Mm -hmm. 2002 2003 i had whatever whatever channel had both davy and goliath and bible man and i was at a time then where i was like let's enjoy things ironically Mm -hmm. like let's watch like way into found footage and seeing the star wars holiday special for the first time so the idea of something called, oh, this is Bible Man, and it stars Willie Ames. I'm going to record every episode of this that airs, and I'm just going to sit and watch them. Just for fun. You did with, this of your own volition, not for, oh, I have to watch this for a thing I'm doing. It was just like, oh, no. for fun. Self-harm. I didn't have to. I just was, it amazed me that it existed, because it's one <laughs> of those things that clearly everybody making it like the people at the top creating it think it's great and this is going to sure. get the gospel out and it's going to keep the children in the community engaged and teach them lessons but in a, they won't even know that we're that we're proselytizing they won't even realize it they're having it. too much fun yes they're having too much fun they're into the top shelf action <laughs> willie ames is just a magnet on screen <laughs> just pure charisma so just wa- and then watching the finished, pro- watching the suit, and uh, mm. just everything about it, just it, it amazes me. Same thing with stuff like Veggie Tales, the animated Bible Man, which I had not seen. Thank you for introducing listen, me to that. It was like listen. a new level of of somebody made a, a cartoon using CAD. Mm. Like <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's so it's so bad that it's good. But it's also bad at the same time. Like, it's not really good. It's just a different right. kind of bad. But there's, like, definite evidence of effort put into it, you know? Oh, yeah. So you're like, huh. So they, they were trying. <sighs> oh, yeah. And, like, the kids must have been like, I'm a television star now. <laughs> I'm a TV sure. star. And meanwhile, this is airing only in Australia. I got a first solo. run, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Bible Man was Wait, an Australian was? only production? Bible Man was original, it was broadcast in Australia initially. What? Which also has a huge, I mean, there's a huge Christian contingent in Christian Australia. Or like, yeah, yeah, there is. A very religious uh, Christian contingent there. Hillsong Corps so, and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, we talked mm-hmm. a little about the sort of history of Bible Man. 
have like five mm-hmm. years ago when we did this in 2017. There's been multiple runs. One with Willie Ames as the title character, another yeah. uh, with another uh, actor named Robert Schlipp, and now it is an animated series that I guess continues to this day. I think they're still they they put some out as recently as two years ago, but oh wow, it would seem that the sort of uh, bent of the show is different. We we did end up just just for fun and because we wanted to and Hal was like yeah I'll watch both we ended up watching two we did we did watch of course um, the you know de- what is it called demolishing the gossip queen what the hell is it called silencing the gossip queen as well yeah. as an animated one Bible man a lesson in conflict resolution and encountering media like this <clears throat> Hal it is you know when you meet someone in the wild you meet of a fr- a friend of a friend at a party. Or you have some sort of encounter with a stranger at a grocery store, and it's interesting, and it's it's someone that you probably would not be friends with in any other context, and it reminds you, wow, there's a lot of people in the world. We're just one of a few, Bill, here on this big blue marble. Bible Man wow. kind of functions like that. It is a reminder, the effort and labor, the fact that this is a property franchise still going. It's a reminder of like, you know what, gang? There's a lot of people in the world. One of them is Bible Man. It's a series that continues <laughs> to this day. But what I was going to say is that the original video series is a direct-to-video series, kind of a vanity project for Willie Ames of Charles in Charge fame, mm-hmm. who then got replaced, I think, I we talked about this like half a decade ago now, Caroline. But I I think he did struggle with alcohol addiction. I don't know if he does anymore. But there was some sort oh, of yeah. there was some sort of something that may or may not have happened in terms of the uh, transition from Willie. He said he was you know shutting things down to spend more time with his family, which in politician speak yeah. means something very bad is happening in my life. The superhero uh, genre is is cruel to all of its actors, you know, <laughs> in a lot of ways. It would appear it's a prison, you know, by the fourth movie, mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth's heart just simply isn't in it anymore. <laughs> and I guess same thing with Willie Ames. Or maybe they had to peel him away from it. But but we watched um but we we watched Silencing the Gossip Queen. Uh, silencing a woman and uh, a lesson mm-hmm. in conflict resolution, which was the animated version of it. Uh, what did y'all find to be the primary differences in terms of tone, context, story between these two? Because there was a big one for me that which stuck out, which is the fact that in the animated series, all of the all of the solutions are nonviolent. And in the live action series, it is a lot of like <laughs> so true sword wielding and zapping people out of existence and making mean ladies mm-hmm. go away, and more musical numbers. Yeah, they as well. it, they have to throw hands in the live action. I feel like the live action was trying to maybe compete with Power Rangers or something like that, and just yeah. kind of like the low what do you call it? I don't know, lo-fi like fight scenes that they still needed sure. to have and to have like a really crazy villain and stuff. And then the animated series, um, 
I would say is no less scary. It is extremely haunting to look at. I thought Momo was going to pop out at any moment. And I was like, this <laughs> is the kind of shit. I, <laughs> I will not let my children on YouTube because they're going to see this Bible man cartoon. And they're going to be like, they're going to turn psychotic because of it. Um, it mother, was like mother. so scary to look out. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe that Christians had created it. I mean, I guess I should believe and nothing should surprise me of what Christians can do. Yeah. Wow. What would surprise you at this point? I mean, honestly, yeah nothing maybe back going back to puppets that would surprise me (laughs) that's interesting if they did regress to a more lo-fi situation Uh yeah i usually if you go from live action to animation the animation gives you license to work more freely and and sort of introduce more fantastical elements but i found it way more buttoned it was like two sets (laughs) that's it it was extremely grounded it was a house yeah, the budget is the biggest difference because compared to the animated series, it looks like it looks like the live action spent they were spending like two and a half, three million up to get that out. Oh, yeah, there was a production design team yeah. and everything. They had a gym, also they had a gym, was... a classroom, a church, the the His, evil like lair. lair. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I was also confused by like I guess Bible Man has a little entourage in the cartoon as well. He's got like mm-hmm. a council. Of justice or something. Yes. Um, yeah. What are they? You know, is that little Psalm Sally? Like, is that uh, devotional Danny? <laughs> I think that would be really funny, actually, if one of them <laughs> represented uh, like Jesus calling. <laughs> we have you have Cipher and Bible Girl and Melody. Are the, <laughs> okay. That's the oh my team God. around Bible him in the animated series. And then Melody. The amount of right. the amount of research that Hal did for this episode is, oh. is I, kind of frightening I found, to me. I won't lie. <laughs> some of the links I, I was getting right stuff? before we recorded. Wait, yes, Hal, tell us. What did you learn? Well, what, what did first, you uncover? First, I wanted to see if Williams. First of all, uh, well, uh, for, uh, the first place I went was Tony Salerno, who's the creator of the series. I wanted to find him on Twitter, which I did. <gasps> Has not tweeted since uh 2017 since may 4th and that was a retweet of someone else he's a creative producer author speaker love for god Uh, imagination media is his company and i was like is i was like well what happened i i read the same thing you did willie ames left to spend more time with his family but is he on twitter and when you look up willie ames twitter what you find is scott Bayo dragging willie ames on twitter they do not get the charles in charge zapped connection is dead Damn. And it's him like, here's Willie Ames on Facebook talking about how he hates kids because he's at Disneyland and he wants them to shut up. And how, <laughs> and he was like, that's, I guess that's why God created ball gags and rat poison. So, whoa. Yeah, here it is. This is, and this is Scott Bayo trying to guess, I guess, get credibility by dragging Willie Ames, which is the most 1982 thing you could imagine Damn. happening. Oh it rules the world. Williams, oh, dear lady, right. it, was, that just, it was an airport lounge. Uh, just brought a screaming four-year-old into a lounge that we all paid $80 to enter so we could spend our hours waiting for a flight in peace and quiet. Please hang yourself. So Bible Holy Man did tell a woman smokes. in the Delta Lounge at you know Atlanta <laughs> to a literally kill herself. To go uh, Chrissy Teigen her ass. <laughs> <laughs> gosh, I know he he teagened her. Gosh, and the uh, the yeah the threats continue from there. And Scott, were who we're no fan of, so it's like the enemy of my enemy. I don't know. Right, uh, yeah. it's like I don't know where to stand in this situation. I guess no one's coming out on top. I I like that kills me. That 
once on Twitter is this other sort of famous guy like taking his t- time out of his day to make sure he drags Willie Ames on a different p- platform so that they can't mm-hmm. actually fight each other. I honestly yeah. love it. So, so Hilarious. That is the extent of Willie Ames online. I mean, apparently he's on Facebook, but I'm sure that's private now. <laughs> then I went to eBay started looking for Bible man action figures of which there were multiple. So you have the purple and gold suit. Then you have the, the suit he wears at the end of his run. That's like the silver and red, wow. the, you know, that armor. Of the oh, Lord. we all remember the variants. And, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. All the very, but they're like carded and extra. So I, I collect old star Wars toys for like from my childhood, like the old Kenner stuff, but I'm starting to look at it going like, Oh, that card's kind of warped. It looks like the bubbles in good shape. No yellowing. <laughs> I wonder if I can, what I can get that Hell like I've no. started to, I really, I came close to like, I can make an offer on, I'm sure I can get oh it. Oh my but God. But the number of toys, there's so many for sale. And I like, all I can think is nobody bought these, right? Did anybody buy it? They, Some it's like, got it's it an inventory. And then, yeah, they're like, oh, thanks. And then just wound up at the bottom of the tub and then like just. Oh, um, where, where are they to, in Toy Story? I need to hire your services to help us find um, a Gerbert puppet that isn't three hundred dollars um all right i'm on it thank you yeah i feel like you're the man for the job <laughs> yeah i think hal's gonna be able to to execute this for us i I'll i do just an example i think because it's been so long we do need to remind listeners just briefly of the origin story which we described at the beginning of the show but just to see it again in full miles peterson <laughs> a man who had it all wealth status success Still, something was lacking. Miserable, <laughs> alone, his spirit beaten, Miles Peterson gave up. <laughs> then, in his darkest hour, the words of a single book began to change his life. And at last, Bible. Miles Peterson felt the burning desire to know God. Inspired by the word of God and equipped with unyielding faith, Miles pledged to fight evil in the name of God as Bible man. (laughs) But it doesn't quite get to, well, because does he have powers now? Is it just like a committed guy? Because it's almost like a reverse Batman where it's like he was so rich that he was sad and it made him want to be a superhero, you know? Right. <laughs> it may, yeah. Oh yeah, well maybe that is like that explains his expensive computer equipment in the lair is like he mm. was a really successful like marketing officer um at maybe an insurance company or something. But yeah, it doesn't explain like why he is so upset um and how What's like the stopping wet about? <laughs> Jumanji Bible he found? In, why was he in the forest? There's probably an episode that has that scene, Kevin, that we need to go find, and then we'll understand what he's all about. I'd but yeah, it does seem to give him powers. <laughs> yeah, uh, not a lot of people know this, but that character was one of the background guys in Wolf of Wall Street. So he left. Yeah, from selling those those junk bonds. He's just like it's too horrifying what I've seen. Yeah. I need something that gives me purpose and direction. He was he was going out of his mind on poppers. He winds up just out <laughs> in the muddy forests of New Jersey, where he gets out. The, the chances of finding a Bible in the mud there are really high. 
but he dumps out his business. I love that that wealth is shown by a dollar sign money clip. By the way, I I yeah. feel like I need that. That's the same as like I can't rich afford per- one. Like it's the dollar sign you like you get at the Halloween store. Oh like, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, shows like wealth. Gold chain. I know it is funny yeah. too. Yeah, like in the woods of New Jersey that he finds not pornography but the Bible. He could have he, he could have easily been porn man if things had gone a little differently in Whoa. terms of the reading materials. Different 50, powers, 50. different powers. You yeah. know, yeah. as Christians, I think we should be, and how this includes you, as we yes. have stated, you are part of the family now. But Hallelujah. we should be Welcome. burying Bibles Hallelujah. everywhere just in case. You know, an, an mm-hmm. anguished businessman like like we said, I don't want him digging up like old uh uh nuts the that a put down there yeah or the secret or <laughs> like the wrong book. or you know we the four to... agreements uh we, verses yeah, yeah. we need him to be finding the bible the word so is immaculate no the word is god to do and the word was god um yeah. this episode <laughs> is listen it's about a gossip queen as hal did state there is sort of a codedness mm-hmm. to the way she's presented in the show that she's a little Brooklyn in a kind of mm-hmm. accent, almost doing a nanny, almost doing a friend dresser. And their yeah. whole deal is sowing seeds of discontent into the youth group by gossiping her little henchmen, spread little lies and, and things of that Loose nature. Loose lips and blabbermouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loose lips and blabbermouth. Her, and, and, if you're asking if there's songs that kind of like describe what her whole deal is, there sure are. Come a little closer, have I got news for you? A tiny morsel of gossip that's very juicy too. This harmless information flows from me just like a faucet. But what else can you do when you're the queen of gossip? I'll tell you. Because I'm the queen of gossip, that's me. Honestly, not a bad song. (laughs) I tell you. No. You know they reached out to Streisand, right? You know they tried. That's so cool. They took one letter. Mm -hmm. You may not remember me. I'm Willie Ames from Eight is Enough and Zapped, and I'm really interested in having you for this part of the Gossip Queen. (laughs) She's actually based on you. You can tell from the makeup and the way she speaks. It is sort of a bad Babs, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. Of course, it's gossipy stuff. It's so. We should have her talk about bagels. Yeah. uh, They're in like a beauty salon too, which is like the hub of gossip because that's where women hang out and talk. (laughs) Wait, I miss this, Hal. Did they actually literally talk about bagels? (laughs) No, but but, but the fact that you believe they could have tells you a lot about this character in this episode. I'm starting the gossip now. Now I'm the gossip. Now I'm becoming the gossip queen. (laughs) Oh no, it's happening. Oh no. I heard they talk about bagels in that episode. (laughs) Kevin, I was was thinking, I mean, we'll talk about this later uh, on our second recording, but I feel like um, maybe this is like kids entertainment in general, but even in Adventures in Odyssey, every bad person always has like kind of a faint Brooklyn accent. Like you can always yeah. tell by the way they talk. Yep. Like if mm-hmm. they don't have a very waspy, gentle, polite way of speaking, like they're automatically known to be like a bad person. Mm-hmm. Or Southern. Like values. Southern gets coded as like moral neutral in a way that it kind of mm. doesn't go either in way. mainstream culture. <laughs> right. Uh, yes, it definitely could. So there's a little bit of that. Uh, Caroline, did you experience any uh, trouble issues with gossip in a sort of youth group context or how you and your Quaker group, your Quaker school, I suppose, 
Did, did you have, group. did either of you, because I, I had my fair share in my own youth group. Yes, um, I had gossip ruin a friendship, uh, nearly break one. And it was literally like about gossiping. Um, but I was, I, I've, I've told this story before, so I'm sorry to listeners, but um, it was with the girl and I was talking to my friends about her. And then a few days later, she confronted me about like something actually more minor that I had said, but I apologized for the meaner thing that I said and, you know, <laughs> accidentally like confessed to her the meaner thing I said. Oh, baby. And then that turned into a whole thing. And she was like one of my best friends. And I felt so awful. And to me, you know, I was a, a well, a well-taught Christian kid. So I immediately made the connection of like, oh, this is gossip. Like this is the wretched destruction of like speaking ill of others when they're not around. Um, so in some ways it was a good lesson. I think in some ways I maybe overcorrected a little bit, but um, don't worry, I'm making up for it now. <laughs> Uh, yes, she is. <laughs> Al, did you have any instances of this in, in your youth, uh, sort of gossipy situations that got a little sticky? I think there are always, there's always an extent to which people are like talking about other people. I don't remember anything where I said something behind somebody's back that I wouldn't have a conversation with them about. So I guess I stayed largely away from it, but I also wasn't in any church groups. So I didn't have the opportunity to say like, <laughs> they're so bossy. <laughs> you couldn't pray for anybody. I couldn't, I had no prayer to give. I didn't know, I, we didn't know what we were doing was wrong. Nobody, there's oh, no Bible sad. to tell us. There's no Bible man. <sighs> oh, that's so sad. And I was surrounded by Jewish women. So it's just nonstop. <laughs> we were talking, we called them yentas. That's our term. <laughs> And she, the gossip queen, is a is a an extraordinary yenta. <laughs> that, that is a green. good uh, the the good strategy that you mentioned, Hal, is like, you know, maybe not particularly saying something that you wouldn't say to their face. My my mm-hmm. strategy, perhaps as like a as a fit of paranoia, is uh, text as if you're always being screenshotted. Just. Assume mm, that there's always mm-hmm. screenshots. This is the 2022 version of Watch Your Back. Just like uh, if you have a lot to say, you know, maybe a voice memo. That's hard to screenshot. That's a little bit tougher. <laughs> you know, you, you have to and I've been, record those. I've had friends say like, "I need to talk to you about blah blah blah." I'm like, "Go ahead," and they're like, "I'm paranoid," and then they'll send a three minute long voice memo instead as as a replacement and you know what it's much memo. harder to screen record i still do it but it's harder to do it sure <laughs> it's a couple you more file on everybody of course. i'm human aren't i of course. by the way there, there's a lot more music there's more songs in this than i would have imagined when we first meet the youth yeah. group they 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 do have quite the banger themselves that they're singing That's why I live. It's my only reason for I living. I live for this. It's to spread the word think, of Christ. Mm-hmm. Do you think those kids hated each other because they each thought they were the star of the children? 
Oh, I know. And the the one who's singing, even if it's not her singing, I almost guarantee you it's not her really singing. Like, they didn't record. She's not lip syncing to her own voice is what I'm saying. I know that they're not singing it live in the room. I've, I know a lot about Hollywood. I'm an insider. but <laughs> You love musicals like I, God I, like, does. Yeah. she Of course. She she for sure is like, well, I got to mouth the most words, so I must be the biggest for star sure. here. Oh, and <laughs> then the my, other girl got the second solo, too. Th- mm-hmm. This was all I was thinking about was like, oh, the politics of this little show group of children and how every movement they're making was choreographed by like a, a like a lame white woman, you know, telling them how to do drama, <laughs> like moving them this way and then this way. Uh, it's like this tuneless song. But yeah, for that girl, like she got her hair crimped that day she probably got to put on a like a little bit of lip gloss and so she was like i'm sure she was pulling major diva behavior on set (laughs) man i mean this this is a video i believe from 1996 so we can kind of freeze it in time from that Mm -hmm. in terms of like whatever the styles were uh, yes, the six lies of the fibbler and silencing the gossip queen both of these from 1996 and so there's division and discord sewn into the youth group, and then Bible Man has to take care of business by visiting the the little lair and wielding his sword, his sword of the spirit. How does he do this? I mean, yes, they're like literally hitting them and making them disappear, but also uh, quoting a lot of scripture. That's his whole deal. If it's scripture you want, then try this. Romans twelve twenty one <laughs> says not to let evil defeat you but to defeat evil with good. And I will be faithful to God's word. True. I can't defeat you or your God. But lose a battle to win a war, as the master always says. You've served your purpose. Papa, can you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Is the master Jerry Lewis? Is that who she's referring to there? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Some high up Jewish celebrity. Gracious. Oh, gosh. And then eventually he does uh, make her go bye-bye. The the way in which it happens is uh, very odd to me. And the strength, I, you know, the, in, in, in children's Christian entertainment like this, I think there's a fealty, obviously, to the technicals of scripture. So there is uh, an obligation i think on the creator's part to say you're for the bad guys to say you're right i literally cannot be destroyed because god is and always will be more powerful but 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 and really state it plainly <laughs> as such uh which i always find to be very delightful and in terms of the antagonist uh the eventual defeat comes later when bible man says the bible and your side loses you don't believe that bible stuff Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the full armor of God that you might stand against the devil and his evil schemes. You wouldn't dare. I'm a lady. Ah! Oh, yeah. Yes, but the Bible warns against ladies like her. The Bible warns Ooh, against ladies like bone-chilling line to hear in today's <laughs> day and age. It, and the look. It did feel, gang, it did feel loaded in a way that I didn't want while watching mm-hmm. it. The Bible warns against ladies like her. 
Yeah. <laughs> it felt like there was more than one thing going on in that particular reading, and they they She's weren't done. amazing, unfortunately. Modern day biblical Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I'm looking for ladies like her. Goodness, yeah. they're everywhere. Delicious. I'll stalk the night and find them where they live. <laughs> oh. Thank you. The power set of of Bible man said like he knows scripture, he is scripture mm-hmm. I suppose cuz he is Bible man. But yes. yeah, again, I'm still unclear like is it the Holy Spirit working within them? Is it some sort of other thing? Is it just an advanced sort of technology? I don't know, but he does save the day and we do end with the aforementioned song God forgives and forgets, which again, a God that no. forgets is very funny to me. He's he's the physical manifestation of Christianity, and the Lord works through him. And this, the 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 uh, sword of the Spirit is the physical manifestation of the Bible itself. So he has the full weight of Christianity behind it. That is actually oh. I read that on Wikipedia. Yeah, because I, I was, was like, like, "What's that sword? What is it called?" Wouldn't it demonstrate better if just by quoting scripture she melts? You know, because it's like yeah. that's the Bible. Like that's how power it is. But if, like if it's concentrated into the sword of truth like you're saying that I that clears it for me well Caroline and if, you're not considering the sort of um, multitudinal facets of like how they're telling this story and that they are acknowledging the presence of false teachers within the church so of whoa. course uh, uh, that's right just saying scripture mm-hmm. is not a demonstration yeah. of your faith people who are literally demonic can just like zip zap zap it out of their little mouths wow. and, and it makes zip, no zip, difference zip. one way or the other yeah, they can do an improv exercise called Zip Zag Zop. Sure. Yeah, they do full warm ups with one another. They stretch. Yeah, Zure is literally what I just said. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, when you have a television show, if you don't use all the budget, they won't give you as much money next time. Right. So you have to keep every cent of that budget has to appear on the screen. You can't, you have to, you know, he's always oh, got to get the lightsaber thing out. Yeah. The, the, the sword of the spirit has to come out. He's got to, he's got to deflect lightning from out of it's a lot of star wars imagery like really just <laughs> pulling it. and we're and we're, at this point the the original films haven't been re-released digitally redone yet that's true and we were years away from the prequels so this need to have like a female jewish palpatine oh my trying gosh. to fry him while he deflects it to kill because that's how he kills uh, bl- blabbermouth and loose God. lips is it, he deflects her lightning is over. the Whoa. gossip queen a forerunner to watto in Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. Bible Man. In this you want paper, to come? I will Roll explain. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Jar Jar Binks is the Holy Spirit. Gracious. Hal, I pulled up this link because, thank you, Caroline, <laughs> for completing this. I did find Williams on Facebook, though. He he is still public. There's nothing. Oh. He he's. It looks like he has a new wife as of 2014. Uh, nice. Yes. Hooray for love. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing politically... Um, call to action to anybody (laughs) (laughs) suggestions of where people should go and what they should do with themselves nothing yeah i can (laughs) see nothing too terribly out of control Uh, wife no recent travel experiences he wants to complain about (laughs) gay this is i'm gonna say this is a curveball he did post on happy international women's day (laughs) so you know that's nice I guess that's that's a good thing, well, you know, one for the team, I suppose. Peace for the Ukraine. So, is this the right, Willie Ames? It is. It is. I'm I'm certain it is. Those are softballs, though. Those are softballs. God Peace warned us. Peace for the Ukraine. That's a softball. 
that's like a baseline. That's a baseline. Like, are you, you know, that's a, a pretty good temperature check of where somebody is in a very basic way. God warned us about International Women's Days like this. Okay, I think maybe it's time to rate this thing and rate the episode of Bible Man that we watch. The way this works, how's we're going to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the form of a holy toast or holy roast? Holy toast is a thumbs up. That's when we send this episode to heaven. Holy roast is a thumbs down. That's when we send the episode. Or, if we're not sure one way or the other, we can send it to... The space between... Which is purgatory. Caroline, we start with you. Um, I'm going to rate each one separately because they each have their own kind of merits. So, for live action Bible Man, I'm going to give that... Um, I'm going to give that a holy roast, actually. I feel like the children's songs could have been better. There could have been more pizzazz and choreography. And I think even mm-hmm. they knew that. And, um, but the, the animated one, I'm going to give a holy toast because in that intro, the intro montage, there are a lot of, uh, (laughs) there are a lot of characters, uh, praying and there's nothing funnier to me than a cartoon character sincerely praying to Jesus Christ (laughs) and getting on their knees. (laughs) I want to see this. I hope I didn't make this up. When they what? Is it coming in this theme song, Caroline? I think so. Scary. Oh, that was their intro. There it is. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's a montage of prayers. Like, that's like, it's, I think, Caroline, what you're describing is uh, tantamount to mascots taking off their hats at baseball games for the national anthem. (laughs) Or like a minion meme where they're being like crucified on the cross. Like, it's just, it's so good. So I got to thank, I got to thank Hal for that. I got to thank the team for that over on Bible Man Studios. So that's a toast for me. You got to take thank the team. Okay, toast from Caroline Hal. We turn it to you. Hallelujah himself. I'm going to I'm going to uh, agree with Caroline. I'm going to give the animated show uh holy toast. And here's why it occurred to me watching the the opening credits. That's where all the money went. Cuz that is a way better animated. It's full of action and then you get yes. to you get to the the actual episode and it's like 4 frames per second that they're moving. So I, I I have to give it a holy toast just I, but I also I really hope that you continue to make these and that you don't increase the budget because mm-hmm. it's making money the way it is right now. Why why put any more into it? That's right. Listen, Orson Welles once said the enemy of art is the absence of limitations, and Bible Man is thriving with yeah. a lot of limitations, it would seem. Let's do more. Let's cut that budget in half and see what they really <laughs> oh, can get done. Really get it yeah. down to the bare bones. Whittle it down even more. <laughs> now the live action. For for the huge anti-Semitic dog whistles, mm-hmm. for the 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 musical numbers that are maybe a step below where they should be, <laughs> and for the use of the sword of the spirit, I'm going to give that holy toast because Whoa! it's important that we're we need to be aware. You know, when you watch Disney Plus now and you put on like the Muppet Show, they're like, be aware that in this episode there may be insensitive depictions 
of and uh, things that that uh, you know that are just inappropriate. They were wrong then; they're wrong now. But we're keeping them here. This is exactly yeah. what it says. We're keeping them here so we can have a conversation that you can be educated about it. And I think this live action series is no different. <laughs> Plus, any Willie Ames vanity project needs to be seen. Totally. Like this should be in the Library of Congress right. every single episode right. of it. So, the holiest of toasts. I was going to say, eighth graders on their trip to the Smithsonian have to watch an episode of this so they know where we came from and where we're going yeah. next. Um, <laughs> have a suit sitting in Archie Bunker's chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's there's Fred Rogers' cardigan. There's, yeah, the mm-hmm. chair where Archie Bunker sat. And there's, of course, Bible Man's Sword of the Spirit. Um, goodness gracious. I, I, was, uh, I was knocked out, in a way, by the appallingly cruel nature of some of the uh entry point stuff with Bi- with the bible man animated series that it did center mm. on uh a young girl doing her best and and a young boy laughing at her for not knowing how to read uh that you know reminded me of a similar dynamic that caroline and i have on our show for some of our mid-roll ads that we've done in the past <laughs> <laughs> so it, it hit a little close to home uh but you know yeah. what i want to be included i'm gonna give a holy toast to everything here Yay. uh just out of hey. my heart if for nothing oh, else yeah. because it gives me the gift every time of a guy not doing well going something was lacking something was lacking he had it all. A money clip, a briefcase, a hat, <laughs> a pile of mud. That's right. Yeah, a little fedora. Gracious. So holy toast from me. Uh, I, I, I'm yeah, getting softer in my, in my old age. I don't know if I roasted or toasted when we did it five years ago, but I got to give it a so toast gentle. now, Caroline. Gossip yeah. Queen is a queen. She changed my life. She is the moment. Uh, her intro song mm-hmm. is a Catherine Zeta-Jones and all that jazz style um, gateway into a world I never knew I wanted, but now I know yeah. I need. Uh, yeah. And so I I have no choice but to toast it. And that's it. We toasted Bible Man. Somehow he gets a unanimous holy toast or near unanimous holy toast from the GCF podcast. And now, Hal, we're going to bring it down a little bit. Hear that music? Mm. We're dimming the lights. Mm-hmm. We're lighting the candles. We're taking it to a more holy, more worshipful space. And oh, yeah. on other shows, perhaps you've been on, perhaps that you've host, maybe you promote yourself or you plug your projects. We're not here to do that. We're here to lift those things up to our Lord yes. and one true Savior, Bible, I mean, Jesus Christ. And we start as per usual with Caroline. Um, you can pray for me online at Caroline's Farts. That's where you'll find me. Um, normally we lift up something in secular culture at this moment. I'm going to mm-hmm. do a rare uh, product lift up that I think is important, and especially as the heat is hitting all around the globe right now. Maybe you want to learn from an experienced desert rat like myself on how to make it through this summer. Um, there is a company called Thigh Society that makes a, a pair of shorts that are very great. And you can wear them under your uh, dress or pants or whatever. But they help keep you cool and they help you from chafing. So if you want to get the cooling short from Thigh Society, this is not an ad. This is a product that has changed wow, my life. Not- <laughs> 
it should oh, be. Uh, I need to be cashing in, but um, so I hope you all find it. I know it's thirty-seven dollars per shorts, but trust me, it is worth it. I have four pairs. They're 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 everything to me. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe maybe we'll get an ad this way. Maybe, you know, it's happened in the past. Maybe it'll happen again. That's you true. Say the product name over and over, and it'll appear one day in our mid rolls. Fingers crossed, Headgum. All right, we turn to Hal. Hal, uh, where can people lift you up on social media, and what do you have to lift up? You can lift me up at Hal Lublin. Thank you. Praise him. Amen. And Praise him. I'd like to lift up uh, a series I just completed on Paramount Plus, a piece of secular entertainment called The Offer, Ooh. all about the making of The Godfather. Actors. Is that fun? That's the one where Al Pacino kind of talks like this, just young Al yes, Pacino. Yes, mm-hmm. like young Al Pacino. <laughs> just, the like about, a yes. rat. It's the making of The Godfather, so it's like, hey, what do you think, young Francis Ford Coppola? And everyone's doing little impressions <laughs> of each other. It's very fun. Yes. And Miles Teller is Albert S. Ruddy, the producer yes. of that original film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people Told can listen to... from his point to... of view. Not so you'd notice. <laughs> People can listen to We've Got This, wherever they get their podcast. Yes, We Got This with Mark and Hal. You can listen to Tights and Fights, both on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. And praise be to Good Morning Night Vale on the Night Vale Presents Network. Praise be. You can lift me up on Kevin T. Porter, at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. I will lift up a freaking... Oh, I'll lift up a a musical I just watched called (laughs) Summer Stock with Gene Kelly and Judy Garland. I think... One of the, I think they were in two movies together, one or two movies, but man, there's just some literal barn burners of uh, dances in, in that movie that are like, oh, this is what action movies are like. But, you know, it's just like, blah, 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 blah. I need a new tractor. And then you just like watch a set piece for five minutes and that's yeah. what you want. So it's streaming <laughs> on Criterion right now. You can get into it. Uh, very fun. Very fun. I'm. I'm. I always think of you, Caroline, because I'm like, oh, Caroline would be proud of me for watching this. I am. I am. I'm proud. I like. Us. I haven't seen this one, so you are like now outpacing me on your your Judy journey. My Judy journey. (laughs) (laughs) Again, continuing a legacy of uh, of. Of loudly saying I'm a fan of things that are queer coded enough, which that people ask me anonymously on Instagram, "Hey, are you bi?" <laughs> like a lot. Just checking. <laughs> Just checking. I think it's time for you to come out. Uh, you can lift us up at Kevin T. Port. Or oh my gosh, you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. <laughs> Don't lift us up at Kevin T. Port everywhere. That's me. At Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Patreon.com/slash Good Christian Fun for more Good Christian Fun. And leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity, once again, is Every Town for Gun Safety. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us on the show today, friend. Thank you, Hal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a pleasure. <laughs> and there's nothing left to say except for. Okay. Hey, okay, I love you. I love you. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Emma. Amen. Amen. Uh, and let's, of course, go out with the absolute banger that ends the uh, the episode. God forgives and forgets. Oh, yeah. God forgives and God forgets. Tag yourself. Oh, these moves. God forgives and God forgets. I don't 
Kevin on the top right. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.